You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. None of us are awake. Episode one. We're kind of autopiloting this mother. Yeah. Yeah. 108. 108. 108. 108. If it was 180, we'd be in trouble because then we'd be hitting the. The the oh what was that movie where everybody dies in premonition and then die in the right in the same order that they would have died in the plane Final Destination yes. oh that was those were so good they are so fun I just rewatched the first three yeah but if it, if this was episode one eighty we'd be screwed yeah because we'd all be dead right now we'd all be well we have seventy two more episodes <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'll be alive that long <laughs> you will not to be morbid but I'll probably be dead. Aww. Chris, we'll be putting your head in a jar. Yeah. Sweet. You'll be you'll be back uh, all Matt Groening style. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So episode 108, tonight we're talking about career highlights of Mel Brooks. But first, we do need to mention our sponsors, the Flint Institute of Arts. Woo! Awesome venue. Check that place out. Lots of cool stuff to see there. They do have their weekly film series also, so always yep. really Nice worth, stuff to it's check worth, out. It's worth it on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. And they're very, very nice people there, too. So make sure you check them out. Also, projectorscreen.com. They always have great sales going on on there. Also, email us. We can get you guys a 10% discount on there. So check them out. And then, of course, our wonderful, wonderful friends at... Sellermans. <laughs> yeah. So um, Sellermans, awesome meadery. Not meadery, meadery. Yeah, definitely eerie. check them out too um they're local in hazel park good stuff yeah good yeah 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 what else is there to say nothing there's nothing else to say nothing it's at good. all it's just good shit yeah just good shit just so good engraving yep um <clears throat> <laughs> oh my goodness this has been an this has been an interesting night, night. that's gonna be the most awkward episode we've ever done i'm having fun yeah, that's all. You're matters. having fun watching yeah. us yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the, what do we got for news? All right, so in news this week, Army Hammer is not Batman. We all jumped all over this shit last night. We, I was, was so excited for it. Too. I was so excited for this too, and was unfortunately, it, it was not a hoax. Um, it was going back to an old rumor. An old rumor about a Frank Miller version of Justice League that was going to be made. He had been initially rumored to play Batman in that. It never happened. We ended up getting the shitty Justice League movie that we ended up getting. And people uh, just That kinda, Frank Miller one would have been worse, honestly. Probably. Probably. Honestly. Uh, it, that, oh, yeah. I shudder to think what that one could have been. <laughs> you know, this whole thing with DC is just a nightmare. DC needs to find a tone. That's the issue, well, is I'm, that they try to bounce all over the place between being fun, being serious, being a good, just a good straight-up action movie, being a dark, other-world kind of thing. They just need to find a tone that works for their characters and stick with it. They're also trying to do it too quickly. They're rushing their movies. They are. The Marvel they really Cinematic are. Universe had more time and years to build their... Well, Marvel was smart. Marvel was like, let's try this and see if it works. If it works, we'll build on it. If it doesn't, we won't. And it worked. Yeah. And you know? unfortunately, the whole thing is falling apart on them right now. I'm so hoping the James, Gunn, the James Gunn Suicide Squad does some positive stuff. They just announced that, that indeed Harley Quinn will be in the movie. 
unlike the the rumor that went around for about three days where she was not going to be in the movie. So, Aquaman crossed the one billion dollar mark, didn't it? It did. So they're they must be doing something right. They're they still are, making money. They have the characters. People don't go for the quality; <laughs> they go for the characters. <laughs> don't get me started on Aquaman. I know you're the guy who hated it. Mm. Did you see it? Yeah, I loved it. Really? I loved did it. Did you see it? I did not. Did not you see yet. it? No. The only one I saw was Wonder Woman, and that's the only that one. That one was see. so great. Yeah, that well, was so great. and you say they only go for the characters, and I mean, you know, I. I, Wonder Woman was kind of the exception to the rule because that was me. I only went because of Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I like all the other characters, okay, but you know, Wonder not, Woman's not Wonder enough. Woman. Yeah, there's other characters I'd love for... to see in either the Marvel or the DC universe that I doubt they will. 1984 Wonder Woman is going to be amazing. Yeah, that's. I can't be fun. wait to see Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Cheetah. Yeah, she's gonna be yeah, good. What What's the difference though? Like with the Wonder Woman thing, like they're just getting it right. They've picked the right director, the right writer, the right crew, the right actors, the right everything. They pick and they let her have control. And with Snyder, they kept taking control from him and making him edit everything all to hell because he was going too dark. You know, instead of instead of picking the right director in the beginning and saying this guy is the vision that we want for the rest of our series, we'll stick with what he does, let him do his movie. It became more of the the Dune David Lynch thing and studios interfering in every step of it, and it it really damaged that three that yeah. first three movies. The it's Man just... of Steel, the Man of Steel was great. Henry Cavill was kind of starting to pull out of those movies by the time Justice League rolled around, right? Because he he was... he he was wanting to be able to do other things because he was getting really good offers. And he was kind of playing. He was kind of playing second fiddle to Batman in Batman vs Superman, really. Where yeah. Man of Steel was, he was the main Him. star, and he was really a good Superman in it. Yeah, you know, when we saw Man of Steel, it was like me, Jesse, Heather, and I think I can't remember who else went with us. And when we first walked out, we were kind of like, eh, kind of meh, not a big deal. And then like seeing it again, it really kind of. I got it. There's a layer to that movie that I think a lot of, especially reviewers, missed. Where, because we're prone to go in and we look for excellence. We pull it apart. Yeah. And if you just sit back, shut up, and and just try to enjoy it, you'll catch some stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. That's just amazing. So, um, in other news, Jason Momoa is going to be in Dune. And then we just cool. learned tonight that David Dast Melchian, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I don't either, there. but he's one of my favorite character actors Yeah, he's in great. He's going to be in Dune also. And then yesterday we actually reported on the site that uh, Eureka is releasing a new, is it a remaster of Cujo? Yes, I believe so, of Cujo. So that's pretty sweet. I will definitely be buying that. Yeah, I won't. No. Cujo, Cujo fits into my pet cemetery rule. Like, oh, yeah, you don't. I, I, I can't do Pet Cemetery. Cujo was a great watch once. I finished it the one time. Watching animal, poor dogs be villainized just Aww. was heartbreaking. Yeah. There's a Mondo steelbook of Pet Cemetery coming, I think. If it's yeah, not that, that, again, I, I yeah. <laughs> That one will not be coming home with me. <laughs> we so. discussed this at length in the 
the Stephen King series that took us eight months to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Only eight months? Uh, you, Only. Well, sorry, it was ten. <laughs> and a half. Yep. Um, and then one really cool bit of news that hit yesterday was that at the New York Toy Fair, uh, Hasbro officially said that Bumblebee has nothing to do with the Michael Bay series, that it is officially a, a reboot. reboot. Mm. And you know so, what you know what they're tying into it, right? No. Because they're 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 starting a Hasbro universe is their right. is their entire concept. So I think they're starting it with Bumblebee. They're gonna do one more Transformers and then it sounds like they're gonna do Mask and G.I. Joe and I wanna say Gem in the Holograms. Barbie. Barbie. That's what it is. And it's Barbie with Margot um She dropped out, from what I understand. I'm pretty sure. Margot I heard, Robbie dropped I out. I think I heard that, but oh, don't hope, quote me on it. But I, I haven't heard that one. Or you know, what I'm thinking no, it was Amy Schumer that dropped out. Yes, because initially Amy it was going to be Amy Schumer playing Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Mara made the face. Yeah, I did too. I'd... I I try to be fair, but yeah, she's not my favorite. I like yeah. her, but not for Barbie. She's good in certain things, like she being can be. grading and annoying. But yeah, I don't think she's that funny. No, she's no. not. Look, no, she's you not. You can't, you know, argue no. humor, really. Yeah. 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 You can. <laughs> you she's really not. Can. She's not. People. That, she's not. People love her though, so it's like, what am I gonna say? Yeah. She don't make me laugh, but she makes someone laugh. So. And none of us are wrong. And then our last little bit of news is, of course, everybody heard about the Jared Leto Joker Joker thing. Completely dumped. Gone. Gone. It's where, so, it, where where it was supposed to go. I guess mailing uh, used condoms to the cast members didn't pay off. Yeah, huh? I guess not. Didn't pan out for <laughs> Mr. Leto. You mean they didn't appreciate that? Not enough pig he- pigs' heads dropped in the middle of the table with all the cast members wondering what the hell is he doing. I wish he'd send me one. <laughs> <laughs> the used condom or the pig's head? Both. Both. I want it all. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so new releases this week. We've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I think this is like the 12th one of those. Third. Okay. And it's probably the best animated series (laughs) in the last 50 years. Really? I've heard that about that. I still haven't seen that. Easily. It's actually deep, good emotional story. Yeah, I was going to say emotional is what I've heard. (laughs) Like... The second movie had Affleck. most Somebody of the people just said I know. Affleck for Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a good nice. Ken. Yeah, he would, actually. He's a little old. Yeah, I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking him like Mallrats days. Yeah. Mallrats, Mallrats him would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When he was back in his butt man. <laughs> butt man. Who's your favorite new kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, other big release this week, Fighting With My Family, gets a nationwide expansion. So not much coming out this week. No, it's a slow It's, it's a slow season, though. You which know? Is, We're getting ready for the big stuff. Which is awesome because it means Alita, Battle Angel, can make more money this weekend. It bombed. Let's just call it what it is. It's it didn't technically bomb bomb, but actually that's going to be my suggested viewing for this week. Did you see it yet? I have no interest in it. It's really, really good. I hate, I, like, everything I've seen, I cannot stand. This the is visuals a live are action hideous. of an anime? Yes. A live action manga. Okay. Or however you pronounce it. I'm stupid. But, no, uh, manga, manga, manga. Manga, manga. Um, the Tomatoes visual effects were really good, and there was actually a very good story to it, too. Mm-hmm. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did not expect to. Um, it's just that visual style just makes me want to. Yeah, gouge, it kind of it kind of gives you that whole. Um, are we in reality? Are we in an animated world? And the one scene at the very end, I did see somebody bring this up on a forum. It's completely like the pod race scene from the Phantom Menace all over again. And the announcer that's going on during it sounds exactly the same as the announcer from the Phantom Menace. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Interesting scene there. Little callback there. To repeat. Yeah. Well, what, the, the part that, that when I saw in the movie that, that <coughs> kind of threw me off. I mean, I it seems like it would be something I will watch at some point. But seeing the mostly CGI bodies with a human face just kind of smashed on it looks so It looks weird. To me. Yeah, it, it does puts look you weird. into the uncanny valley. Yes. Very much. It, it, it's yeah. creepy. Yeah. And I saw the movie posters for it. That was actually what made me go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. Quite. So, Andrew, but what would your be your suggested viewing for this week? Oh, gosh. Um, what would my suggested viewing be for this week? Uh, the only thing in the last couple of weeks that really s- stuck out were both of the Fire Festival documentaries. Oh, yeah. I just, I mean, you you need to see both of them, even though both of them have their own sets of biases and issues. But, man, how did they pull off a scam like that? And how were that many people, how did that many people buy into it? I don't know. It's That's my recommendation for suggestive viewing. The general public can sometimes be fooled very, very easily. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mara, what do my, you got? My suggested viewing is Russian Doll on Netflix. Great little series, eight episodes, 20 minutes. It's a really unique story. I haven't seen anything that original in a long time. It was and, excellent. And I mean... You can tell it's her, her passion project, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I've been a fan of Natasha Leone since Slums of Beverly Hills back in the 90s. I saw her in yeah. that. And she just instantly kind of became She's been know, great in everything I've yeah. seen her in. She really is. She really is. I love is. her. I she love her. She was the mentor in American Pie, wasn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She yes. was the one that... that yeah, she was the one that knew what, everything that was going on. Yeah, she was like the coolest character in that the movie. Oracle, yeah. per se. She really yeah. was. Yeah. She was yeah. really. Yeah. She was the wise one. She um, was the Obi Wan Kenobi of of people's virginity. Yes, <laughs> she was cool, and uh, uh, she just you know she wrote I think every episode with Amy Poehler, mm-hmm. and then there was another person's mm-hmm. name, and she she directed the last episode. I guess it's been a passion project of hers was, for like fifteen years. Was that, that her? But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, that was yes. good too. I love that movie. God, That's a that great movie. movie. Was so good. It is a really good movie too. You ever seen But I'm a Cheerleader, Chris? Yes. The crazy thing about Natasha Leone, though, is really her story, just in general. I mean, she was really bad off there for five or six years. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I right. thought she, she was, was going to die. Yeah, she was so off on heroin and every other drug under the sun, and, and you could see it. Yeah, you could mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, in her performances, she was like. Very yeah. unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. But she's cool. That show, it just kept me. It felt like I watched it in like five minutes. It just kept, yeah. keeps going, and and the end was the whole time. I kept I kept looking at my husband and going. Every after every episode, I'd go, "What do you think is gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" And he's like, yeah. I, don't, "I don't know." But yeah. like, yeah. you know, I was really nervous about the end. I was like, "This either is gonna be a really good payoff, or I'm gonna be pissed." Or it's going to be like tune in the next season. It sounds you know? like she has more but in mind too. It it and I liked the ending because it was very satisfying. 
but it does kind of it lead lets into, you be done yeah or it lets you continue and yeah it was so i like that made me very happy I yes yeah. i was very satisfied i can't recommend that enough i don't yeah. i mean i think there's probably something for everyone in mm-hmm. that story it's really good I started it, but I was really tired when I started it, so I need to get back into you it. You do. Yes. You do. Yes, You'll you love do. It. I will, hopefully this weekend. I'm going to break tradition tonight. I mean, I have two. One, okay. We That's have totally cool. Umbrella Academy is must watch. It was so fun. It's worth, it's t- only 10 episodes, hour an episode. Gerard Way's writing totally shines through. Um, great character development. Everything I really enjoyed everything about it. It actually really captured Gabriel Baugh's visuals too. Wait, Gerard Way? Gerard Way wrote Umbrella Academy. Really? Yeah, it's his baby. He wrote the comic book series. The dude from the band. The dude from the band. The and guy that really wants good, to be Billy Corgan. <laughs> the guy who makes Billy Corgan look like he has <laughs> no talent. Yes, that guy. Was Billy Corgan? <laughs> first band? of all, is a giant douche, huh? What band? He was the lead singer in My Chemical Romance. Oh, okay, okay. My daughter's favorite band in the early 2000s. Yeah. I didn't know that. That, that I didn't realize I I liked until like this year. I was like, God damn it, they're actually good. Yeah, they have some good songs. I didn't realize I liked them until someone was like, no, they do this song. And I was like, oh. I have, I I was listening to a playlist and they kept coming up and I'm like, who the fuck? Oh, really? Really? (laughs) And so took my daughter out to, to dinner Sunday and I had to actually confess to her that I started liking my chemical romance. Oh, she probably loved it. She did, but she also slapped me <laughs> for being an asshole. You for, deserved it for ten years. Yeah. Oh, I totally yeah. did. I totally did. And so then my other one is a documentary that's on. The first part was on last night on Investigation Discovery. The second half is on tonight. It's called Children of the Snow. It's about the Oakland County mur- child murders. Okay. And it is gut wrenching. And it's even weirder because it's literally in my neighborhood where I live right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. my 7-Eleven is one of the key places in, in the show. Creepy. Yeah. Um, it's excellent. Excellent yeah. show. Um, when did those take place? Like in the mid-80s, right? 1976. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Um, in Ferndale, Berkeley, Royal Oak, and... Birmingham were the four places where the kids were kidnapped. But then it apparently also ties into Fox Island, which is on the West Coast on on Lake Michigan. That was a summer camp for boys. And in reality, it was a pedophile set this up and would fly kids out to this park, out to this camp and bring his pedophile friends out and videotape them and it's horrible it, the whole thing Ugh. is absolutely horrifying to watch that's yeah yeah and they have two of the kids that were on the island are on there like it's intense but it is really well done and it's them trying to figure out who did the murders and it's it's interesting and it's especially if you're a michigander it's really our news, and I, it's really interesting. All right, are we ready to do this? Yeah, let's go on to something a little bit lighter. Yeah, yeah please like, talk about a more uplifting. <laughs> so we're talking about Mel Brooks tonight, and you know, I'm looking at his credits, and really, he's acted 
in produced a lot more in written than he's actually directed. Yeah. But almost every movie he directed is, is legendary. Is legendary or a classic. Yeah. So I'm going to admit I've never seen the producers. I I haven't either. I've seen like a bunch of I own clips both of it. versions. How yeah. can you not I've seen it? I don't know. I just got the yeah, the, Andrew's head's going back. <laughs> he's appalled. I'm deeply offended Andrew tonight. I, I'm I'm a little hurt too. Andrew's like I moved home now. That that's that that is that's probably my probably my second favorite Mel Brooks movie. That's my top one. It's so funny. I, you know, I've seen uh, like a lot of the clips, and I just haven't sat down and actually watched it. Gene so. Wilder in that movie. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get. To He's it. good. One well, of the fun, probably his funniest performance, in my opinion, even funnier than Young Frankenstein. Oh, see, I think he's funnier in Blazing Saddles. I'm all wet he's... and I'm hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> I missed the scene. I know very good with him. I'm hysterical. <laughs> I'm wet and I'm hysterical. <laughs> I mean, he's very frantic. Matthew Broderick, but in not the so remake much. In... Was really good too. Well, why don't you guys talk about the producers? Tell us about it. I want to know about it. Sell me on this movie. Zero Mostel is a producer that keeps accidentally having hits. It was He figured out that if you can bomb a Broadway production, you can make more money than you can by having a successful show. Okay. And so Matthew Broderick is the... Oh, wait, we're talking about Zero Mostel and... Uh, not Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, we're talking Matthew about the original Brod- It doesn't matter. They, they're both the same story. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about Mel Brooks's movie. Yeah. Mel Brooks's movie is also the Matthew Broderick one. Well, he, produced, he produced it. He produced it, but he didn't direct it, it. And is in it. Yeah, but I think we should stick to it. the Mel Brooks actually directed one. Don't you guys? That's what I was. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it's kind of six of one half does the other to me. But well, okay. whatever. <laughs> that's my. Tell point. me about the Mel Brooks one. I want to know about this movie. So uh, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder set out to <laughs> try and make the the worst play they can imagine, and going through like mm-hmm. a like a play about Hitler. Was it Springtime for Hitler? They try to yep. find the worst actors and the worst they songwriters do. and. Yeah, it, it shapes up to they be... They find a, the worst of everything and make a great play. And the play's actually great. Oh, it's terrible, but oh, okay. every, but it makes everybody laugh so hard that it does well. And it points up <laughs> becoming a hit. Spoiler, we just spoiled the movie. Yeah. I saw um, no, the Curb Your Enthusiasm season with Mel Brooks, and they put Larry David in the producers to try to do the same thing, mm-hmm. to make the, the, the mm-hmm. play fail. So I know mm. most of what I know about the producers is from that. And the music is amazing. Amazing. I mean, I want to be a producer with a hit show on Broadway. Don't be stupid. Be a smarty. Come on, join the Nazi party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's good, good I, shit. It's kind of funny that you like the Nazi party thing. I mean, because really... Mel Brooks has touched on a lot of that stuff throughout his career, too. Well, yeah. Well, he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. He, fought the, oh, I he know. fought the Nazis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was part of a, a, a group of, of um, soldiers that their entire thing was to try to trick and ruin the morale of the Nazi party in, in, during the war. 
he actually they came up with giant inflatable fake tanks <laughs> and stuff, and they would pretend to have these huge armies, so that whenever they do flybys for spy and reconnaissance pictures, they'd think that they had like fifteen times more troops than they really did, wow. and then they'd take everything down and move them, mm-hmm. and then wait for the plane to come by, and then be like, oh my god, they have even more over here, and really just humiliate them and then they'd fly over and throw really insulting um uh pamphlets out of airplanes onto the german troops and german cities to make them feel really bad about that the fact that their that their <laughs> girlfriends are back in berlin getting stooped by the jewish guy you know and uh yeah it was good good <laughs> shit yeah he was born in 1926 he was he was yeah, he's, he's old. like he's crazy old the the year after two he was born, Babe Ruth had Kubrick, the, I think. What's that? I said two years younger than Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick was nineteen twenty four, I think. Wow. Yeah, and Babe Ruth had the ba- one was was on one of the best baseball teams in history the year after that. It's just crazy, because I mean he's still talking. I mean it's probably never going to happen, but they're still talking about se- you know sequel to Spaceballs. Oh, he's he desperately wants to do it. Yeah, I just it's a lot, man. Yeah. Wow. Carl Reiner still works on a regular basis, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. I just saw him. He was in uh, Ocean's 8. Yeah. Because Did you see that movie? No, I haven't gotten around it. Was it was actually really good. I really want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to sideline our topic. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks are... They go hand in hand. They, they are. Literally hand in mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. Um, so I think we should skip back to the beginning. Okay. You know, we, we have what? the What's this first movie? The 12 Chairs? No, the producers. Producers was first. Yeah. first. The first yep. he, I mean, the first thing he did, I think, was he's co-creator of the Get Smart TV show. Yes, with Mark yes. Henry, and they wrote, yes. I think, the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before that, he was it was him and and uh, Carl Reiner on the show shows writing for, uh, um, great, I can't remember his name, greatest one of the great original TV comedians, um, um Jackie Gleason. <laughs> no, no, Jonathan Winters. No. Tall, skinny, uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Milty. Milton Berle. Oh, yeah, Milton yeah, Berle. yeah, yeah. Yep, Milton Berle. Uh, yeah, no, they were co-writers on that and and uh, did sketches on the show of shows and then came Get Smart. I didn't realize that Producers was the beginning. Yeah, yeah first one, 67. That's, that's, how, that's how you start off a career. I know that was a, that's a good start. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it uh, didn't it win the best original screenplay Academy Award? I have no idea. I believe. I so. don't have my phone, so I can't. I can't cheat and look. I can cheat. I am Googleless. <laughs> yeah, it was nineteen sixty-seven. Yep. And then what was what was after that? I can't see your list, Mark. Uh, the Twelve Chairs. Twelve Chairs it was nineteen seventy. Yeah, which I haven't seen that one. It's good. It's really good. I, it's it not. It seems really weird. I was. I never is. had heard of it till yeah. this. And it, what it's about? They're looking for family jewels and mm-hmm. hidden in one chair of a set of twelve. Yes. Yes. It's and all I about watched the, the trailer, and I was like, I don't even know what this movie's about. It looks so weird. <laughs> What's really funny is it's my dad's favorite. Yeah. Mel Brooks movie, which is odd to me because I I own it. I watched it a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's very clever. It's very good. It's very not Mel Brooks. It doesn't seem like it. And it's like it's between the producers and Young Frankenstein. And it's. Yeah. Don't get me started. What were you about to say? 
Mm. We're not getting there yet. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you don't well, like it? Um, oh, it's, do you it's like one it of my too favorite much? movies of all time. Too much. Just excited to yeah. jump into it. Yeah. It is. yeah. Yeah. If, if we let Chris talk about it, we might not get so off basi- topic. Basically, The 12 Chairs is an outlier in his career. Yeah. It's like it the really least is. Like his other movies. It really is. If it wasn't a Brooks film project, it was the least like his other films yeah. in his filmography. But it's still a wonderful movie. I mean, it's really. It's a, it's a great movie. It's just not a Mel Brooks movie. Mm. Not what we've come to expect from a Mel yeah. Brooks movie. Yeah. So there's really no slapstick in this one then. There's a little, not much. Yeah. Because I've never seen this one either. I'll bring so. I'll bring it over sometime. We can watch it. Okay. Well, I'm down. We'll no, I think, we'll it's, on, and watch I think it. it's on YouTube. Well, I have it on DVD too. So. But do you know. have it in 4K? <laughs> I don't know I don't if think any, anybody does. I don't, I, think, I don't think there's any, a single Mel Brooks title on 4K yet. Why would you need it in 4K? That's my yeah, question. You know, do you, you really, really need that great cinema experience with a Mel Brooks movie? Probably not. No. He's no. a very talented director. Young he Frankenstein looks very beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Yes. But with the sepia tones. That's and the, the greatest year any filmmaker has ever had by the well, way with blazing 74 blazing seattle's and young frankenstein i know no no director has ever had a better year than mel brooks 1974 in movies that you know lasted people still oh one of them is the most offensive movies in the history of cinema blazing and my flate my favorite they both have offensive moments in it oh yeah let's let's be fair <laughs> i remember <laughs> the first time i ever saw blazing saddles being like did they really just say that word in a movie? Like being in utter shock. Oh, I wasn't. No, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, could not stop laughing. Madeline Kahn in that movie is one of the greatest things oh, I've funny. ever seen. Yeah, she's great in my life. Is it true what they say? Oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> um, Mongo not no she, Mongo only pawn in Game of Life <laughs> I, I watched That was one that I kind of saw bits and pieces Throughout the years on TV mm-hmm. Here and there and I decided to actually Sit down and watch it straight through And mm-hmm. I realized that it it kind of Parodies a little bit The movie Destry Rides again Oh absolutely And I was kind of shocked by that Absolutely yeah Mel was so good good at observing everybody else's movies mm-hmm. and seeing what made their movies absurd I love and that movie just Rides again. taking it up a notch but there's a Marlena Dietrich does a, does a number that's like really similar to the to the scene I'm tired I'm tired yeah. of playing the game and she like the whole like it's really similar like the actual song that she does and the, oh, the yeah. role she plays and and her relationship with Jimmy Stewart and every or the way that character mm-hmm. is is it's, it's I didn't realize that. It I was... love that that the main character's name is Black Bart. <laughs> yes. I love I wish they could have gotten who was supposed to originally play it. Who was it supposed to be initially? It, it was originally supposed to be Richard Pryor. He he was credited as one of the writers on that yeah. movie wow. too. Yeah. Richard Pryor could co- helped write it. That's why Why didn't he do it? Um drugs. Yeah. No, yeah. no, actually, it's something else. Being else. a hothead. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was really that he and Mel couldn't agree on a lot of the stuff on screen. Mm. Um, they could agree on how to write it. They could not agree on how to perform it. Interesting. That would have been 
it would have been fascinating to see though how he wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a TV show. Oh wow, I didn't know that. For it, um, that they did a, a, a pilot for, and then it never went any farther. A I pilot think. of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's probably too offensive for. Yeah, it was called Black Bart. Yeah. yeah. Too much for TV. Uh, that would have no, turned over really well on it, television. It actually, it actually wasn't era, bad. Really. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was more on the Archie Bunker line. You know? So not mm-hmm. racist mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> <laughs> racist, but in the poking fun at racist yeah. ways. The same way the movie yeah. is, they just had to tone down the language. Yeah, I, and, honestly. And obviously, it failed. Yeah. Blazing Saddles, <laughs> I don't really think could be made now. Oh, it absolutely could not. I no. think not. with the culture, I mean, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, you know, I mean, it is a it is a a, a movie of its time. It is, and it's you know, but I mean, it it is its hearts and its rights in the right place. It is. It's it's very different than what we would find acceptable now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in 1974, it was really progressive. Oh, incredibly, mm-hmm. incredibly, it was really so. funny. I I went to art school. And I had about 15 people at my school that had never seen it. So I brought it in and, and played it there. Yeah. And one person complained to a teacher. And the teacher came in to see what we were watching. They're like, they're watching something horribly racist. Da, 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 da. And the teacher comes in and look, pokes his head in the TV room and is like, are you watching Blazing Saddles? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh. And comes and gets a chair and sits in and, <laughs> and watched it with us. And it was really interesting to me because there was two of the guys were african-american and that hadn't seen it and really didn't ever want to see it and so i i really had to push and talk them into to seeing it by the time they left they were quoting it and couldn't stop for like six months quoting that wow. movie and i was like see i'm like it's not offensive i'm like Yes, they say horrible words. It has potentially potentially offensive elements, but it's not used to offend people. Right. Right. As long as you take it as humor, it's humor. It's in the context. It is. You it know is. Mm-hmm. how it's Where are used. the white women at? <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines in movie history. <laughs> I I don't have this one. I need to get this one. Yeah, I think I have an extra copy if you want. Yeah. This needs to be in my collection. Yeah. This should be in everybody's collection. Yes. It really should. Um, if you can find the uh, the collector's edition DVD, it has the pilot for the TV show. Oh, there. really? Yeah, hmm. it's it's in there. Cool. And who played Black Bart? In I the... can't remember. I want to say it was Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, really? Yeah, it was somebody like that. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, though. If you guys Google it, you can find it. It's called Black Bart. Louis Gossett Jr., man, that is a name I have not heard in a very long time. Okay, Darth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a presence I haven't felt in a very Yeah, but long seriously. Time. No, yeah. I know. He, he, he actually just got cast in something fairly big. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. He's got to be like 90, dude. He's, he's not that old. No? No. So he's... Because what was it? Iron... Uh, what was the Iron Eagle? Yeah, and, and one, two, three, and four. Chappie, Chappie. Yeah. Yes. God. <laughs> I just the, rewatched the first couple. Oh of Oh my those. god, they're so bad, dude. They are. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, All right. Now, tell us what you think about Young Frankenstein. Oh my god, 
Young Frankenstein. My mom actually introduced me to this movie me too. when I was a kid. My and dad. Yeah. We used to watch this movie all the time. And then my mom had never really worked. And she got this job at this architecture firm um, working at the front desk. And everybody in the office, this was their favorite movie. So we used to play volleyball like once a week. And the entire time we played volleyball, we'd be quoting... <laughs> <laughs> young great. frankenstein yeah that's um, great because you would never put those two things hand in hand but yeah volleyball and, and young frankenstein yeah yeah <laughs> if everything is large if everything is larger that would mean he has an enormous schwanstucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> just i mean i just love the way this takes the classic frankenstein tale yeah. And just flips it completely fucking sideways. Yeah, until, you know? the, until it's Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Terry Gar in this oh, movie. She's great. I have had a crush on her ever since I saw this the first time. Yeah. I, I think I saw, like, and the special features on the Blu-ray I have of Young Frankenstein. They, like, they got her because they thought she was cute. And then they just didn't realize, like, how much screen presence she would have and, like, how hilarious she could be. And they were mm-hmm. like, wow, we, like, struck gold with this one. Oh, woman. yeah. Between her and Madeline Kahn, I it's know. two of the funniest women in the history Madeline of cinema. Madeline Kahn is just, you know, goes without saying. Her, like, voice, she comes in and she's just, <laughs> you know, taffeta, darling, taffeta. Heat I, I wish rising I... off my body. <laughs> but that's funny because my mom loved that movie too. And I remember she got that when I was probably a teenager in middle school and was like, okay, we're watching this yeah. movie. And yeah. she knew all the lines. She knew everything. She was cracking up. And I was kind of like, it's not that funny. Like, <laughs> I didn't like it at first because I was like, you think it's too funny. And then you watch but, it again and yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. You're like, Mom's right. Yeah. Like, when Terry really Gar, funny. When Terry Gar is like, want to take a roll in the hay? Yeah, I'm like, so funny. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And <laughs> roll, roll, roll in the hay. <laughs> that was my first uh, Peter Boyle movie, too. First oh. time I saw him in anything. And every movie I saw after that, I was like, oh, it's it's, it's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, yeah that. Oh, the monster. Sorry. I just think of another race. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when he inadvertently lights his thumb on fire. Oh God! <laughs> and it's that oh, Dabney it, Coleman. He's good. That scene's so oh. good. It's like, or no, that's Gene Hackman in that scene. Oh, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman. Um, yeah. Well, it's like it's great because that it it's so loving that one. If you yep. watch those old Universal, you yep. know the first, especially the first two. I think there's kind of parodies all of them like the but the first two especially the yeah. ones i know the mm-hmm. best so it's like that scene with the blind man and it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> such a touching scene and it's like it's funny in young frankenstein but it's like the heart of that scene it, it, like it, still it really, there yeah mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting it's still frankenstein and, yeah and oh yeah the movies too. it's like it 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 fits in a with a with the frankenstein mythos and let's not forget marty feldman oh he's great too oh Abby Norman, my god right? <laughs> Oh. What were you going to say, Andrew? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, they even lit and shot it the same way that they did the original Universal picture. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, it really does feel like they could have lifted it out of that, that period. 
yeah. and just dropped it into the 1970s. Yeah. They even found the rental house that rented all of the electrical That's and right. lab equipment from the original Frankenstein. Really? That's all That's the real right. stuff. Everything that you see on that set is the stuff from the original Frankenstein. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Just that it's, extra they, layer of attention to detail. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, it, yeah. It's it's like it's a par- it's a parody, but it's, it's not so, done in a, like a, a make letter. fun way. Yeah. It's such a love letter. And my favorite scene is when he stabs his leg with the Frankenstein. <laughs> <Yeah. apple. laughs> <laughs> that always cracked me up. <laughs> I, that and the the guy with the wooden arm, the the, the inspector, the burgermeister, yes, yeah, Inspector okay. Kemp, Kemp, that's it. All of his <laughs> scenes killed me. Whenever he'd salute and he's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hitting himself in the head. Oh yeah, oh such good stuff. Like that is one of the few movies where there's no slow. Like unfunny parts of the movie. No, that one plugs along. Yeah, it's just it's continually you're laughing from the beginning to the end, and it tells a wonderful story, and it's so satisfying. Well, and that's the thing I always think about when I look back at comedies like this. Like, yeah, it's a satire too, but it's funny from front to back. Mm-hmm. They don't make things like this anymore. They try, and they don't know how. Yeah. There's they don't know how. It's all a matter of... There, there's no love. It's too forced. Right. Well, I don't think there's love. There's no appreciation for what they're making fun of anymore. And well, for Mel, it really, like, if you look, he really loves the subject matter that he's teasing. Yeah. It, you, you can... There's You can tell. Mm-hmm. There's something... In the like in the soul that you can mm-hmm. you can just see. There's heart. Yeah. And the, the, like the remember the Spartans <laughs> is there's no heart whatsoever. Yeah, it's like the, they don't like those movies. No, it's like let's make fun yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Instead of let's have fun they're, with this stuff. Yeah. They're insincere. There's a sincerity in uh, yeah. Mel Brooks's parodies. Yeah. Right. That, That's heartwarming and well, wonderful. and I think like with something like this, the same as like we're going to talk about Spaceballs in a little bit, like yeah. there's this partnership, there's a trade-off between like Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle and Marty Feldman mm-hmm. and Madeline Kahn and mm-hmm. Terry Garr, like they all exist in the same space in the movie and they all share the comedy routine. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Like a, it's like a, it's a team. It's not like, hey, I just need to pop this joke in here, this dick or shit joke. The, the, because right. that's what most together. of them are not. Yeah. Right. The the put the candle back <laughs> is one of the funniest scenes, and it wouldn't work if everybody in it wasn't perfect. You're right. You know yeah. what I mean? They all like, play off each other. They I all mean, feed. Yeah, and it, 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 there's this respect and for for the craft, for the, what came before, and for each other that is just makes these movies. Perfect. And yeah. you know, he, he used a lot of the same people too, and Madeline Kahn, Harvey mm-hmm. Corman, and so it's mm-hmm. like God Harvey Corman. It, you know, these people have the funniest have the chemistry beings. together and Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, Cloris Leachman. She was in silent right? Yeah. No. Trying to think she's in she silent in. movie. She's in She's in Blazing Saddles, right? No. No, I no. I watch I'm confusing them now. She was in high anxiety. Yes. High, that's it. That's it. And Cloris Leachman is one of my favorite human beings ever put on the face of the earth. She is so funny she and is. such a sweet woman, too. Um, 
So what do we have after uh, after the masterpiece of, of Young Frankenstein? Silent movie. Silent? I loved that one. It's a good, I had good, so much fun movie, watching that one. But it's one of those ones, it felt almost like a misstep. Like there's, you can tell the love's there, but you're going to laugh. The funniest person in the movie is the least funny person to me. Um, Peter Delo- Dom DeLuise. Yeah. I didn't think he was as funny as he normally is in it. Yeah. And he, and he kind of killed it. Where where he's in the hospital bed and they're he's making all these faces. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like I I I haven't seen it in a long time. I know I liked it, and oh, I rem- like I remember said, the gist of it. Yeah. And but I don't remember the details, but I remember I really liked it. It's really, I mean, it is a really good movie. It's No History of the World Part 2, or Part 1, but it is, it's good. It's good. And this movie had Sid Caesar in it, too. Yes. Bernadette Peters. Yep. Mm-hmm. And wasn't Anne Bancroft in it, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the, the scene I really remember is the uh, scene in the, like, nightclub, and they do the dance, and mm-hmm. she's hitting people and knocking stuff around. And the fact so that she's Mel's wife. I'm guessing they met so on the set of this movie. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What's that? That uh, No, they actually met way before that. Oh, really? They met in the 50s. Oh. Hmm. Um, Ann Baycroft, Mel Brooks' wife. Um, yeah. Uh, the, she, it just it kills me that she's Mel Brooks' wife. Like, you see her, in her especially in her younger days. Mm-hmm. She's one of the most beautiful women in the history of Hollywood. She was beautiful even in, when she was... Been, Dying. I was gonna say she <laughs> never stopped being beautiful, yeah. but in her heyday, she really was like yeah. a goddess. And she married Mel fucking Brooks. She's she start- funny. I know it's amazing to me that how far funny will get you. She What's stars that? in uh, two of the Brooks films movies, also um, eighty four Charing Cross Road and The Elephant Man. But mm-hmm. we'll get to those later. I'm jumping ahead. Um. Mm-hmm. And then they were husband and wife and to be or not to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Interesting story behind that one. One of these days, I'll tell you guys about it. Ooh. Oh. Well, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, when I was a kid, my uh, we had this giant falling out with my grandparents. Um, we used to spend every Christmas Eve with them. And uh, this is one of those like childhood memory type things that you never forget. Um, so we had this falling out with my grandparents this Christmas Eve. We were not spending with them. So, and I know this is not a uh, Mel Brooks directed movie. He just started in this with her. Um, but yeah, so Christmas Eve rolls around. We're like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, let's go see a movie. Oh, let's not just go see a movie. Let's go see a movie at the Renaissance Center movie theater. So we saw To Be or Not To Be on Christmas Eve. And it just it's just one of those memories, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. you kind of connect with actors. That was just um, that one. Yeah. One of yours. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's yep. Not a and bad like thing. it was like me and my mom, dad, and my brother and like two other people in the theater. That's perfect. Yeah. That's great. That's a great movie theater experience yep. for me. In yeah, the old I, vinyl I, seats, you know. Did oh you enjoy God. it? Heil Hitler. Yeah. Heil Hitler. Heil to myself. <laughs> Heil myself. <laughs> Heil myself. Yeah, that movie's awesome. I love that movie. <laughs> All right. So after Silent Movie high is anxiety. High Anxiety. Which was the one that I didn't dig that much. 
I dig it just because I'm a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan. I am too, and I and I I still I think if the look of it I didn't like, I kind of thought that maybe if he had done more like with Young Frankenstein, trying to make a more like accurate look. Well, I see. I I think the shot arrangement and the way he moved the camera, he was making fun of a lot of those Hitchcock Hitchcockian mm-hmm. tracking shots. Like, doesn't the camera bump into him at one point? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes fun of, of almost everything. Mel- Vertigo Mel- in particular. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you could he could have made it black and white, or he could have done like a um, Technicolor, but it was just very drab brown seventies look, and it was. True. It's just my like personal. The, the color, like, the aesthetic. color palette was the color really palette off. Was, was gross. Yeah. But it was that's just what I mean. Nineteen seventy seven. That was like hot. So. But like, there's a lot of funny it was also jokes hot in North it. North by Northwest, mm-hmm. but like, North by Northwest has more color to it. It's not, a brighter yeah, movie. Yeah, it's not as brown. Yeah, yeah. The fifties weren't brown. The seventies were. <laughs> it's got a lot of scenes of the camera crashing through uh, sets, like the camera's pulling back to the last tracking <laughs> shot, and it crashes through part of the set. And as mm-hmm. it gets to the wide shot, we see part of the set's been damaged by the camera. Yeah, because that's the only way you could fucking do it in real life. It was like one of those. Was that the no? Blazing Saddles was the first time he started doing the movie within movie tropes, where yeah. the camera pans to the left or right, and we see the film crew filming the movie that we're watching. They well, in Blazing Saddles they bust into the uh, to the musical number being yep. shot, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's kind like it, of like up until that point, Hollywood's kind of just like completely overrun by musicals and westerns. So it's like yeah. Andrew, I have to tell you, John Allen says hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hi, John. Hello, John. How hi. are you, John? Hi, John. Didn't say hi, hi to me, but hi. Yeah, he doesn't like us. We're not cool <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's fine. I understand how it is, John. John. I'm not going to say that accusatorily, John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really think about that until now, like that he did really play a lot to other movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was his thing. Young Frankenstein, silent movie, High Anxiety, Spaceballs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had never really. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Yeah, I had never really thought about this. Dracula Dracula. didn't loving it. Yeah. So next up on our list is History of the World Part 1. I, that's one of the ones I haven't seen. That is probably my third favorite Mel Brooks movie. Um, Gregory Hines kills me in this movie. He is so funny. Mel is so funny in this one. Inquisition. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the Inqui- yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's good to be the king. Yeah. It's that's good to be king. Prime. It's good to be king. That's right. Um. Oh, have you have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Mel plays a bunch of roles in this too. Oh, Moses, he does. Comicus, Torquemada, yeah. Jacques yeah. in King Louis. Yep. I like the two thousand one parody at the beginning. Yes. With the cavemen and yep. how they create music yep. by dropping a rock on his foot. <laughs> yeah, that's how they learn to sing. <laughs> no, I honestly I have not seen this one in a very very long oh. time. It's been over ten years for me. It's been over three months for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds like my sex life. Oh. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> well. I got to throw them out there whenever I can, you know. 
<laughs> Got to stay entertaining somehow. Let me know when you figure it out. Yeah, um, I will. Um, no, honestly, this has some of the best. It's it, it's a little bit more of a Monty Python send up than mm-hmm. it is anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which I dig because it's it's more sketch comedy than it yeah. is overall plot. The episode is but there is an overall plot through the mm-hmm. whole movie, it's which is great. Narrated by Orson Welles, right? Yes, it is. It is. And yeah, everybody must see it. Yeah, that's one I've always must. wanted to see. That's you know, there's a lot of movies I like see parts of, and I mm. haven't really sat down and watched, or I've seen. I don't know how I see that. Again, don't. Madeline Kahn is a goddess in this. That's one. That yeah, I, I mean, a very repetitious cast in this too. Dom DeLuise, Madeline Kahn, Harvey Korman, Cloris yeah. Leachman. Yeah, his yeah. his peeps, yeah. which is great. I love that. Yeah. I love when a director like latches onto people and reuses them, especially oh, yeah. in comedy, because mm-hmm. yeah. they just get tighter and tighter as they go. And this yeah. one so. is, I think, the last of them all working together, if I remember. I think correctly. so too. Yeah, and it feels like it. It feels like it is a machine. Through Peak the whole performance. Thing. Oh yeah, and Mel Gr- Mel Brooks doing a song and dance routine in the middle of this as the head of the Inquisition. The Inquisition. <laughs> It's a show. The Inquisition. Yeah. Um, is wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Like, yeah. It's good right. to be king. <laughs> it is good to be king. Are we ready for Spaceballs? Who's not ready well, for Spaceballs? Well, are we talking about his movies, or are we going to mention Brooks' films? We're basically just covering the ones that he directed. Okay. Was there another one you wanted to mention, though? Uh, well, I mentioned two of them, the 84 Charing Cross Road and uh, the Elephant Man basically helped launch David Lynch's career, mm-hmm. but uh, The Fly, he produced The Fly. Oh, really? Yeah, Cronenberg's yeah. The Fly, which... Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. You, you would not think of Mel Brooks at all watching that movie. No. no. I, I'm no, not surprised, though, because I because of how, how into David Lynch he was. I mean, I from what I've heard, he like, saw Racerhead and was like... This this guy's a madman. I love him. Yeah. And how could he not look at Cronenberg and do the same exactly. thing? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wore my Twin Peaks shirt today because uh-huh. of Mel Brooks. You see, I had no idea about any of that. Me, I didn't know about the 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 David Lynch thing. Well, uh, I knew he, about the, the Cronenberg thing. I didn't know about the Lynch thing. Well, he was trying to branch out into doing dramatic films, but he didn't want to put his name on them because people would think, oh, it's a comedy. They won't take it seriously. Right. So they created the logo Brooks Films, and a number of dramas and you know science fiction pictures were produced on it. Hmm. Among them, That's pretty cool. of course, The Elephant Man and uh, uh, The Fly. And 84 Charing Crossroad was actually a... Uh, a wedding anniversary present to Anne Bancroft. She had read the book and wanted to get the rights to it, and was so having he difficulty. Got the he just cleared it all up and greenlit it. <laughs> it's amazing what having a little power in Hollywood can do. Huh? And a little bit Aww, of money. Oh, sweet. Yeah, or a lot of lot of bit of money. Yeah, he's got a lot of bit of money. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. If he doesn't, then he did something very wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, spaceballs. Spaceballs. Dude, <laughs> it's so awesome. Raspberry. You know what? I'm strong to buy Nobody assholes. gives me the raspberry. We ain't found shit. 
We could just quote this. I can forever. quote this. I lost the bleeps. This, I lost I, the sweeps and I lost the creeps. <laughs> the what? The beeps. Let's call it a bubbling and churning. You call it a radar? No, we call it Mr. Coffee. <laughs> She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> pizza the Hot tragically ate himself to that. <laughs> World's Pizza is going to send out Not for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that guy that's takes all, a bite out of him. That's all he we need. He says you're delicious. A Druish princess. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Your helmet is so big. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> I think Hello, it's, President Scroob. It's kind of funny, like when he released <laughs> when <laughs> he released this movie because this was four years after Return of the Jedi. Mm. It was eighty-eight, eighty-seven. So four years is three years. Well, it was eighty-three. Was Return 84. of the Jedi eighty-three? You don't have your phone. It's 83. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> um, it's just kind of funny that, you know, you'd think he would have, like, tried to tag on to the back end of the Star Wars craze, and instead you've got four years. Smart, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's, he didn't need to. Yeah. He's Mel Brooks. Yeah. Well, funny story. I mean, he, he fucking waited 50 years to do Frankenstein. True. So come on. <laughs> what were you yeah. say? Oh, and, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I love the the uh, the merchandising jokes. Oh, that's the best. That's what I was gonna get to. Actually, was uh, he went to George Lucas apparent reportedly asked <laughs> for his blessing, and he says you can do your movie, but you can't sell any toys or create a toy line that's off limits. So the merchandising scene went into the movie as a result of that exchange. That, merchandising, uh, that's good. Yeah. Merchandising, 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 where the m- real money for the movie's made. Space yogurt the, the yogurt the yogurt. <laughs> yogurt the wise. Yogurt the wonderful. I hate yogurt, even with strawberries. <laughs> Just plain yogurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Oh, John Candy in that movie, too. I'm, I'm a mog. Half <laughs> man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joan goofy. Rivers. Oh, Joan Rivers is great. Yeah, Joan Rivers. And she she actually came in after they'd finished the movie and redubbed all those lines. Yeah. I think the person who was in the suit originally did it, and Mel Brooks was like, this isn't funny. No, You've we captured we, we the stunt doubles. Yeah. yeah. We, we actually need Joan Rivers for this. Yeah. Oh, and she came doubles. in and just like watched the movie and like riffed on it and yeah. Can we talk? Because she's fucking Joan Rivers. She's was a genius. She was. She was missed. a genius. <laughs> yeah. Evil always wins because good, good is, is dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis is couldn't have been better. Yeah. Oh. As as Derek Helmet. Well, I think this was the first time Bill Pullman had done comedy. Also, actually, not quite. Ruthless people. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. That's I right. He was in that. He, he, he does the role, too. He does it really well, too, because he does it in a very sincere way to where he's kind of acting like he's not in a comedy. I'm a bona fide mm. prince. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie didn't really just play to, like, the whole Star Wars trope, though. It was kind of like a Disney princess thing. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit, I think so, too. yeah. Like, they really... It's kind of funny. It, they, he kind of called Princess Leia a Disney princess. Yeah. 30 years before well, Disney bought Lucas. Yeah. There was, I mean, it's, it fits. There was yeah. also some uh, Lawrence of Arabia parodies that are walking oh, through the desert, and Wizard of Oz, of course, comes up. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they'd sneak in a lot of science fiction. There's some uh, s- the Star Trek thing, the snotty beam me up thing. Is yeah, it's snotty. He beamed me twice last yes. night. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragdoll girl. Yeah, that, that's oh, yeah, like alien. an alien. Mm. I loved that ending. I loved Wait, that. That was also a um, Douglas Adams restaurant at the end of the universe yeah. stroke. Oh, and John that. Hurt came back for that part, too, right? Yes, he did. This yeah. must be Millie you know Oh, not again. So, so when I was really little, my parents watched the show St. Elsewhere, and there was a Halloween episode where someone like comes in and like the alien bust out that mm-hmm. you know and i never saw that before and i thought that that could actually happen to you oh no so <laughs> oh it can space balls so like every time like i feel a little sick to my stomach i'd be like oh no oh no it's gonna happen you know and <laughs> oh wow so like when i had saw s- seen space balls and i saw that it kind of like broke all the fear for me yeah so it's like a sublime moment and all me. of a sudden it comes out and it's a looney tunes cartoon all yes, of a sudden yes yeah yeah that was great yeah, and sad thing is, you know, you used to come out of your belly, and then all of a sudden it comes out of your back in Covenant. Ruined it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Only for you. Oh, oh, I hate that movie. I know you did. I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't get to see that one yet. I like no, it. No, don't. Why? I will. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It, was it fun. hurts me. It hurts because me. I don't, because I don't uh, do that whole, like, latch onto things and think that anything's sacred. Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> Spaceballs. Yeah, it's not I a good mean, alien movie. <laughs> Spaceballs is not a good alien movie. <laughs> no, it's a terrible alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this movie is still like it's I mean, still I'm, relevant. And still it's funny. very relevant. They did the um, the animated series for a while oh, that yeah. was on. I never I watched never it. it. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty anime. good though. People seem to like it. I think it went yeah. for a couple seasons. You so. know, I would like to see them make a sequel though. Fast yeah. forward past this part. In fact, never play this part again. <laughs> when will then be now? Soon. Soon. <laughs> I just missed it. <laughs> what? What was it going to be? Spaceballs, the quest for more money? Yes. The search for more money. God. They should definitely, 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 they definitely do need to do that. It's very timely. It would be perfect timing. Well, yeah, and I mean, I can't. They were talking about like recasting Barf at some point. I know somebody had mentioned they something can't about do that. that. They can't do that. What would they do, though? Just have a different character, maybe? Yeah. Just Maybe. not have That's him there. Just have him yeah. be a hologram and come up with a story. Just CGI like him. For how he passed on. <laughs> and de-age him. All. The de-aging doesn't bother I'm joking. me. But the, yeah. the John Candy's dead. Let, let, let's let him stay yeah, dead. Yeah, let's let him stay dead. So, are we done with Spaceballs? I think we're done with Spaceballs. Let him stay. Yeah. Most, mostly dead or all dead? Mostly dead. Mostly all right. So, what do we have after Spaceballs? All the way dead. Life stinks. Yeah, that movie stunk. Which, yeah, I didn't watch that one, but that it looks was, like it's bad. That's actually probably the worst of his uh, bottom two of his movies. He's he's a rich man who takes a bet to live, kind of slumming it on the streets. Yeah. So he is this kind of trading places over again? It's trading places done worse, and which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, Trading Places was done perfectly. This one was done very poorly. Um, it has its moments. There's a Blu-ray box set of the Mel Brooks collection, and it's not included in it. Yeah, I've got I'm that thing. Surprised. I didn't even I mean, realize that it wasn't in there. That's how bad this movie it's is. It's odd yeah. that it would even, like, it, it's, talk about an outlier, I mean. It and 12 Chairs are the weird outliers, yeah. but... I mean, Dracula, up better than this Dracula one Dead and Loving It isn't in any of the box sets either. No. No. 
That's a I, that's a snub. There's a reason for it. It's terrible. I love that movie. <laughs> well, let's oh. hit uh, let's hit Robin Hood Men in Tights really quick. We're men. We're men in tights. <laughs> tight. There's a musical number in every one of these movies. That's and, probably and I can sing yeah. them all. It's true. Yeah. Mel Brooks movie that really yeah. uh, or found a dance a, number, a musical. No- There's always like the yeah the like. Broadway moment. But it was his last one to gain a following. He never had a hit like that again after... No, that was the end of his... Dracula Dead and Loving it was fun for the diehards, but it didn't... It, it wasn't a mainstream hit like uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights was. I just didn't think it was as funny. But anyways, back, back to Men in Tights. Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot to say about Dead and Loving it when we get to it. Oh, good, good. I uh, School me. You know, and there's still a pretty good cast for Robin Hood. Oh, my God. Dave Chappelle before he was Dave Chappelle. Richard right? Lewis when he was still funny. Tracy Allman. Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes. Uh, Carrie Elwes is... Yeah. He's great. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can speak with a British accent on, like, some Robin yeah. <laughs> I love Tracy Allman. She says her name's Latrine, and they're like, Latrine? Yeah. It's great. It's one of my favorite lines. Richard Lewis is really funny oh, in that one. It's like a Seda at Vincent Price's house. <laughs> 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 I want to rewatch that one. I haven't seen that one. I haven't watched it in a long time. But that was like that was when they used to I feel like they used to play on Comedy Central all the time. I would just sit there mm-hmm. and watch the whole thing mm-hmm. whenever that mm-hmm. one was on. Yeah. Amy Yazbeck was in this too. Yes, Marianne. she was. Yeah, yeah, and she was hot. But of his movies, I think that one gets the most television replay out of all the ones that I've seen. You're yeah. probably right. I remember seeing that on TV a lot because it has the least offensive stuff going on, and it's the newest one, so you know, newer movie. audiences can can but, relate to it more. But it's also like literally the least offensive. I mean, the worst line in that entire movie is. His name is a Chew. Did you say a Jew? <laughs> I mean, that's like the, the the most offensive line in the whole right. thing. You just reminded me too. Spaceballs is one of those rare PG movies that get, drops an f bomb. Yes, out of order. Fuck. Even in the future, nothing works. <laughs> <laughs> in um, the eighties, we had very different we had standards. Different, uh, yeah, standards of. I think though. this gives us an idea for actual podcast episode. Though we should do an episode on the most quotable movies. Quotable oh. movies. Yeah. Alrighty. I mean, because there's a that lot could, of that them. That could be a five-part series. Yeah, yeah. We'd but have we to could base them out throughout the year. We could pick our favorite like four. Yeah. And yeah. cover them because we'd be just sitting here <laughs> saying quotes Quoting the entire time. Be great. But yeah, at some point we should. I mean, this one has some of my favorite Mel Brooks quotes are actually in Men in Tights. The. Uh, the part where Blinken is up on the top of the watchtower. Blinken. Looking. And he says, Blinken, what are you doing up there? I'm guessing. <laughs> I guess no one's coming. <laughs> it's, it's it's so terrible. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I wonder what happened, like why he kind of petered out. I mean. I think he just got tired of doing satires, and that's all anybody wanted to give him money for. Yeah. He, he was getting up there in age, too, and he yeah. can't keep doing it forever. Yes, yeah, he, he had can. To be, he had to be in his 60s by then. Look mm-hmm. at Clint Eastwood. <coughs> Clint Eastwood's movies still make a lot of money. I'm not sure how much uh, Dracula yeah. Denton Loving It made. Yeah. It bombed. Yeah. Because I think this was almost like kind of like a direct-to-video 
kind of thing. Damn close. Like, because yeah, I, I remember, remember it was like out in the movies, and then it was like on VHS, like a couple months later. That's how. Like, I had Dracula Dead and Loving it on VHS for some reason. I bought it. You know, <laughs> for one. some reason. Yeah, it's like really, it. really weird. Well, I just had it in my in my house. I don't know, and I watched it all the time. I watched it obsessively. I know this movie by heart. It was like one of my favorites in middle school. Yeah, and it's like, I know it's bad. Well, I don't think it's bad. Personally. If it makes you laugh and you have fun with it, it's not a bad movie. The sets are crap. Oh yeah, they're crap. Yeah, I, I mean it's all the Mel Brooks movies are slapstick, but I would say that one's probably like the most. The most. It's like, the most Leslie Nielsen. I was yeah. going to say putting Leslie Nielsen probably didn't help matters because people were they were over the Naked Gun movies by the time that rolled around. And that they, was kind of my issue is that it was like that and Mr. Magoo came out in like rapid succession. Yeah. And, and I and I was already like, I don't But care. I like, like I liked Leslie Nielsen. At the, I don't know. I was. I love I was him like 12, I think. And I think oh. my favorite show was like, it was Animaniacs at the time. So. Animaniacs was everybody's favorite show. So showing me Dracula done loving it, I was very excited. Leslie Nielsen was like a national treasure, 100%. For a while. Yeah, but after a while, it got old. Yeah. And this came after that time. Yeah, this came, this was post, was this post, um... Um, the third, Post yeah, thirty-three yeah, and a half, sure thirty-three and a third. Yeah, I'm pretty sure third, it was. Yeah. But yeah, he did like Leslie Nielsen was in like tons of stuff. Right oh, he's in, he's Spy in Hard, Family of- Plan, Mr. Magoo, Wrongfully Accused, uh, 2001: A Space Travesty. I was about to say, yeah, it was I mean, straight that to video was thing. So terrible. Yeah, he, you know, he was milking it at this point, which kind of sucked. Yeah, but, yeah, because he was such a good. Sat- satirical actor. I mean, him in Airplane? Oh, dude. It's weird to think that he was the male lead years back in Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Science fiction film. Yeah, he started out as a yeah. serious actor and then turned into the... The guy with the fart machine in his pocket. Yeah. <clears throat> so which, which I have the to... Parody guy. Here's the thing that I put like two and two and two together well, as I was preparing for the podcast. So it's called Dracula Dead and Loving It. And I always thought like, why is that the title? And... <laughs> Uh, Maxwell Smart's catch line is and loving it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be so dangerous, and you're gonna die. You may almost die, and he'd say, and loving it, and loving it. And yep. They made a get smart movie called yeah. The Nude Bomb. Yes, great movie. Which is very much like The Naked Gun. Yep. That Leslie Nielsen was in. Yep. Oh yeah. And then he plays Dracula, who's dead and I'm loving, loving it. it. So there's yeah. the, there's our, there's the little line, a, yeah, the full circle, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's that amazing of a discovery, but I, I, it's not bad. It's not I bad. put it all together today, and I was, I was very. Uh, That's actually pretty. good. I was pretty happy That's about pretty that. Good. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed. Yeah. I, I had never put together that and loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Get smart was awesome. I remember I'd come home from school. And, oh, like, yeah. watch that. Me like, too. every day for a while. Me too. I, you know? I love Nick that at one. Nick at Night, I think, was who would broadcast mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Yeah. 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 Yep. I yeah, wanted, Nickelodeon. I wanted That's a all. shoe phone so bad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and The Monkees were the two shows that I remember being yeah. on when I came I home Yeah, I like The Monkees, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then, well, uh, we covered them all. Yeah, that was his last movie. 
95 yeah, he was it directed yep. mm. yeah yeah now he, he, he i mean he still does stuff i mean it's not like he's just sitting at home doing nothing but no no but was... he's producing and um i think writing there was a feature length documentary about his life on pbs which that was really was good i actually part. watched it yeah he's actually doing a lot of voice acting yes Blazing Samurai, Fairy Tale Forest, uh, Hotel Transylvania Three. Yeah, well, he's in all. He's in the second, uh, in two and three. Okay. He's, he's oh grandpa. yeah, yeah. He's got kind of like a Jimmy Durante voice. So I he kind of does. He's he's great at the grandpas now. Mm-hmm. So Spaceballs animated series ran from 2008 to 2009. Okay, so, so one, one full season. Yeah. yeah. What was his involvement in it? Um, he Probably producer and voice. Producer and voice. He did Scroob and Yogurt on that, too. So, Yeah. <sighs> Can you imagine doing it without him? No. It wouldn't work. No. Hell no. Hell no. Um, and then he also has been doing the Broadway stuff. Yes. You know, and that was several years of doing the, the getting the Broadway play ready for the producers. I just hope when I'm his age, if I make it that far, <laughs> I'm still that active because that's kind of crazy. He is hysterical, too. Yeah. I um do you guys ever watch uh comedians in cars yes. getting coffee? Yes. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch the Mel Brooks episode yeah. of that. I saw that they go and they and they're he's hanging out with uh Carl Reiner and they're all hanging out and uh, yep. they're yep. just like so cute. I love it's it. It's Jerry I Seinfeld, it. Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks sitting in Carl Reiner's little apartment yeah, watching and it's like, TV. They're a little <laughs> like <laughs> you could just see like how their relationship is too. They're just almost like a like a married couple. They're like an old, old, old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, it it that is one of the more wonderful things I've seen him do. And it was really cool to listen to him talk and like tell stories. Yeah, Great. that's a, that's a really good series in and of itself. General, but that's that's yeah. one of the best episodes, though. Yeah, Kate McKinnon was great on there too. All right, let's wrap this up, folks. Yes, this was episode one hundred and eight. We'll be back next week as long as the weather allows us to, and nobody's sick say or we, dead. I'm gonna say we're not gonna be back next week just to make sure that we're not cursed. We're probably yeah. gonna be covered under three inches of ice next yes, week. Yes, and phlegm and puke. <laughs> And maybe diarrhea. And maybe a maybe ladder. Diarrhea. There might be a ladder on top of us too, but no only comment. one only one of us falls off ladder. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Good night. Hopefully. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find the movie sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. <laughs>